The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 635 for August 12th, 2018. P is for Pi, Samsung announces the Galaxy Note 9, and fighting the good fight against robocalls. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application, available now for Android and iOS for $1.99. Well, first in the news, Google on Monday revealing Android 9 will be called Pi and made the refreshed operating system available to its Pixel-branded phones. Android Pi makes use of artificial intelligence to anticipate user actions, including adaptive battery and adaptive brightness, which together tweak the settings throughout the day to reduce power drain while making sure the user always has access to the phone's full power. App actions predict what users are likely to do next based on their context and displays that action on the phone. Android Pi introduces new navigational gestures that rely on swiping and flicking a small pill that appears at the bottom of the screen. The smart text selection tool now transports text more easily between applications, while the tweaked quick settings bar offers a better way to take and edit screenshots. The new dashboard is meant to help you use the phone less, including an app timer, wind down, and improved do not disturb modes to ensure people spend more time away from their phone without interruptions. The new OS also includes a number of security improvements, such as a way to uh, secure and handle biometrics. Google is distributing Android 9 Pi to the Pixel, Pixel XL, Pixel 2, and Pixel 2 XL via an over-the-air download. The OS will reach select phones from Sony, Xiaomi, HMD Global, Oppo, Vivo, OnePlus, and Essential, as well as qualifying Android One devices later this fall. It is up to the individual phone makers to provide the latest platform via their hardware. So I actually got to see Pi uh, yesterday. My friend had a, uh, he, he just got a Pixel uh, last week or the week before, an original Pixel, and uh, you know, Pi is already available for it, and he installed it, and it uh, looked pretty nice. Yeah, it's interesting, because you and I have not really been using Android for four or five years. I mean, it's been a long time since we've actually taken the time to spend... Uh, you know, using the the hardware, so uh, and and the software that is. But uh, you know, every time I, I try and help somebody out, it still feels like um, it, like we're we're seeing a continued convergence of the operating systems with the types of features that they're offering. And of course, things are you know function a little bit differently. Uh, but uh, had a coworker who uh, was given uh, an iPhone this week, who's been on Android for years and years, and and it was like foreign, you know, very foreign to him. He wasn't used to it, and and uh, you know had the button at the bottom because it was an, an iPhone eight and you know used to more swiping type of actions so he's still getting used to that and i think likewise uh, or vice versa we would as well if we were you know, had to deal with these devices on a day-to-day basis but uh you know the, the phone makers um such as htc and others announcing this week as well that many of their devices will receive the update but uh they'll be announced and those time frames for when they will be released will happen over time so not many uh, specifics from any of the other device makers yet as they start the process of getting the software ready to to install on their devices. Next, an investigation conducted by the Inspector General showing that the FCC never suffered from a denial-of-service attack later or last year. Uh, as it claimed, the agency began accepting public comments about its plans to disband net neutrality, and at the time, the system was overloaded by those wishing to voice their opinions. FCC Chairman Ajit Pai blamed the issue 
on the prior administration, FCC Commissioner Jessica Rosenworcel has responded to the report saying that the Inspector General report tells us what we knew all along. The FCC's claim that it was the victim of a denial of service attack during the net neutrality proceeding was bogus. Uh, what happened instead was obvious. Millions of Americans overwhelmed our online system because they wanted to tell us how important Internet openness is to them and how distressed they were to see the FCC rolling back these rights. It's unfortunate that this agency's energy and resources needed to be spent debunking this implausible claim. Well, then I came across a story that showed that uh, quite possibly, you know, him telling that to Congress uh, is a lie and it's actually a, a criminal offense to to lie to Congress like that uh, and telling them that, that it was a denial, denial of service attack. So I'm kind of curious what will play out with this one because this, this, uh, this could be very serious. Probably we'll see at least, uh, you know, some semblance of a uh, of a movement to uh, to get a uh, you know something filed to get him uh, you know pulled into something, but who knows if it'll ever happen? Uh, it kind of seems that itself is, seems implausible, but. Um, good to, I guess, know or note finally uh, for the record that it was indeed just uh, a number of uh, people really wanting to voice their opinions that overwhelmed the system. Well, according to the Rural Wireless Association, Verizon grossly overstated its 4G LTE coverage in government filings, potentially preventing smaller carriers from obtaining funding needed to expand coverage in underserved rural areas. According to the organization, the Federal Communications Commission last year required Verizon and other carriers to file maps and data indicating their current 3G, excuse me, 4G LTE coverage. The information is used by the FCC to determine where to distribute up to $4.5 billion in mobility fund money over the next 10 years. The funds are set aside for primary rural areas that lack unsubsidized 4G, says the FCC. Uh, the rub then comes if Verizon has indeed provided the FCC with inaccurate data. The company's rural competitors might not be able to get the government funding that they need to expand their coverage. The FCC allows carriers to challenge other carriers' data, but the rural providers say they face great expense in trying to gather the necessary evidence. In one example, Verizon claims to cover almost all of the Oklahoma panhandle, but an engineering firm hired by PTCI, or the Panhandle Telephone Cooperative Incorporation, used publicly available information and the FCC adopted 5 megabit per second downlink standard to produce a map that estimated that Verizon's coverage area should be approximately 6,800 square kilometers or less than half of the area uh, that Verizon claims in the Oklahoma panhandle. Uh, an FCC investigation into Verizon's claimed 4G LTE coverage could save prospective challengers millions of dollars apiece and open the challenge process to more companies who are currently deterred from participating in the process by the erroneous cost involved. In turn, this could make more rural areas eligible for mobility fund dollars, benefiting customers who would get better coverage and more choices. Well, it makes sense for Verizon. Let's uh, overstate our coverage maps to keep competitors out. And then, of course, thus, uh, you know, we maintain our superiority and then you won't have uh, people in those rural areas buying other phones. Even though you're providing them uh, basically kind of crappy service, they don't care because it's, you know, to them, it's only a handful of customers. But you won't have competitors coming into that market and, you know, thus taking away potential customers that you could have, even though it's still relatively minor for them. I'm sure a big part of, of where this kind of hits the road is that you, you've got Verizon providing a map that shows, you know, RF propagation characteristics, probably based on best use case scenario and probably uh, going all the way to the, the, the limits of how these devices could work. So as an example, if a, a tower that's a, a boomer site, uh, you know, in a rural area can reach somewhere around, you know, 25 miles, let's just say, um, they will probably show on that map that the, the range of that tower is right up to the 25 mile 
point. But in practicality, you've got things like trees, rain, humidity, uh, all sorts of crazy things that cause RF to propagate differently based on just what the day is like. And uh, ultimately, you don't have that uh, same type of coverage. And further, you probably don't have the data speeds uh, and the reliability of the phone calls to extend out to the very edges of that cell's limit. So uh, I'm guessing that's where this goes is it's just based on here's where we have a tower. This is what we're doing with that tower, i.e. how it's you know provisioned, the power output, etc. And this is what we should potentially see with this. Uh, you, you'd say, okay, maybe Verizon wants to uh, you know, do what they can to to keep competitors out and to uh, to show their superiority superiority and coverage, which I don't disagree that those would potentially be the cases. But I think their leg to stand on would be, hey, we're just doing what the technology could potentially do, and we can't th- have this coverage map changing based on the whims of climate and everything that's happening. Right, but they also, uh, but if there is a requirement to have five megabits per second, then there there could be definitely an issue if they're you know claiming that their coverage does actually go up to five megabits that whole range so that's where the the rub could be in and i don't know the real specific details of it but that uh five megabits isn't always easy to achieve especially in rural areas or even in busy areas uh because it seems like the towers don't have a heck of a lot of bandwidth going to them I think that's again the uh, you know the commentary that they would they would or the the case that they would try and make is they would say look we you know we certainly strive to have five megabit per second speeds uh, all the time you know to all of our customers that are using our network but that's not something that you know we can guarantee and uh, subsequently we you know we we do what we can but it's not it's not a guarantee just based on you know demands and what's going on and all of those different types of things so. Um, uh, either way, it's a uh, uh, this could potentially be a good change for again these smaller carriers in these rural areas and for the customers that subsequently use those carriers uh, to get additional coverage if these dollars can be funneled to them appropriately. Verizon on Wednesday said its customers can enjoy Apple Music for six months at no cost. Beginning August 16th, subscribers to any of Verizon's unlimited plans, new and existing, will be able to register for Apple Music. It offers the full ad-free version, meaning Verizon Unlimited customers can stream as many songs as they wish via 4G and Wi-Fi, as well as download songs and playlists for offline playback. Apple Music is available on iPhones, the iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, Mac, and even Windows computers, as well as the HomePod and CarPlay in devices. Uh, after the six-month uh, offer concludes, the normal $10 per month feed uh, for Apple Music will apply. Apple calls the offer a first step in an exclusive partnership with Apple. Now, of course, if you're an Android user, you can get Apple Music as well. Uh, it's a more simplified application than, uh, than what you can get, but all of the basic functionality is indeed there. T-Mobile on Monday announcing T-Mobile Essentials, a new low-cost plan that drops most of T-Mobile's extra services and focuses on the basics. So Essentials offers unlimited talk, text, and smartphone data for $60 per month for one line. The second line costs $30 a month, and lines 3 through 6 are only $15 each. So a family of four can score T-Mobile Essentials for $100 per month, and that's before taxes and fees, or an average cost of $30 per line. Now, the prices require auto pay, otherwise each line is $5 more per month. But the plan also is limited, so it does not include mobile hotspot, international roaming, or Netflix. Subscribers uh, to the Essentials plan will experience 480p video streaming and will see data speeds slow down when there's network uh, congestion and they've used more than 50 gigabytes per month. The Essentials plan will be available starting August 10th. uh, And, of course, the T-Mobile One and One Plus plans are still available. 
Uh, the additional features such as mobile hotspot, of course, come with those plans and the OnePlus plan offers it for an additional $15 a month, additional features and or faster speeds for the basic features that are supplied on the T-Mobile One plan. Yeah, $60 a month for one line doesn't seem that good of a deal. And you said it was $100. That's $120 for, for four lines. So that's uh, uh, it's still not too bad for four, but uh, you know, it's it's the price of two, I guess, if you're buying individuals. So it, it does drop in price. So they really are trying to get you to have multiple lines here with these uh, accounts. But I don't know if that's a I don't know if that's a great deal or not without the extra features. It depends if you need them or not, I suppose, because it's not uh, they're they're not in not you know, international roaming would be something that you'd maybe want. Um, but Netflix, that's kind of a strange one. Uh, you know, I don't know quite how that fits in there with, the, with you know, uh, cell carrier billing plans. It seems like such an odd add-on. You know, I, I've been uh, trying to figure out over the last couple of months if, I sh- if I'm on the right plans. And, you know, I'm on a, in a legacy plan from... 2013 no 15 so uh, i've had it almost now three years um and it, it's one of the plans that had a specific limit a specific amount of data uh, at 4g speed and then once you got over that amount um it dropped down to 2g speeds uh, i've yet to once hit that limit uh, not to mention you've got the the data rollover or what they call data stash so i've got an, an additional 200 uh, percent of my data uh, in waiting should i need it um, every single month on top of the, the, the chunk that I have. Um, but, uh, what, what I have, I've got the music freedom and the, the, the video services that, uh, you know, where you don't get, uh, build the, uh, or you don't get metered for the data that you use for those different video services. Um, I do have international roaming. I do have mobile hotspot. I don't have Netflix. Um, but I also have, I got in on a promo. So I've actually got four lines for a hundred dollars a month. So each of my lines only cost $25 a month. Um, and I, I don't actually use them for, you know, much. I've got one that basically gets no use on it. The other one is for an in-car hotspot that I use very, very infrequently. But because there's no charge for the lines, I figured, what the heck. But because I thought, well, maybe it's worth the, the money to to not get the, uh, you know, to not have those extra lines uh, if I could get Netflix thrown in. So I did a little bit of math, and um, the Netflix plan that I have is the $15 a month plan. Uh, and, of course, this is only the, the $11 a month plan, which is the, the, the HD only with uh, two lines. Uh, and I've got the uh, the 4K stream, and it gets you four lines. Um, and it's important to talk about the four lines versus two. And you think, well, when am I going to watch you know more than one stream at a time? And it comes in if you've got a family and you all use Netflix and you want to download uh, video, you can you can do only two devices on the basic plan, and on the the HD plan, you can do four devices, which. I've got a family of four, and we've got four iPads, so you can figure out how we use Netflix. Um, but uh, you know, it's a, um, it, it's again, it doesn't, it didn't seem like it was worth it. Uh, I might save a few dollars a month by switching plans, but I would also lose a couple of extra lines. And and it, uh, you know, if if indeed these d- lines don't uh, ever go up in price, it's probably worthwhile to hang on to them. And I'll figure out something to do with them at some point, uh, and it's not really costing me anything right now, so I may as well keep them going. But uh, anyway, yes, lots of differences, uh, you know, in these different plans. I actually think this is a, a great thing for, because a lot of people are going to go, I, I just don't care about mobile hotspot. Or they say, I, I don't travel internationally. And okay, fine. It, 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 you, I got Netflix, but if I'm only paying, 
you know, 30 bucks per line or $120 for four lines. This is, this is a great deal. It's better than what I had before. So they might consider it. So I, I think this is a good move. And, uh, it's interesting cause they've, they've built up this like, you know, value add proposal for all of their plans up until now. Now they're ratcheting that back and offering something that doesn't have any of that. And so does that mean that we'll eventually be paying for more of these things in the future? We'll just have to see. And of course they've got to, they've got to keep that stuff, um, you know, very transparent. Otherwise, customers are going to go sideways on them. Uh, other news uh, from the carrier side, MVNO Unreal Mobile this week announced the addition of a mobile hotspot to its low-cost service. This is a device costing $20, uh, and the first year of service is $8 per month on a promotion. So that $8 will get you 2 gigs of LTE data and unlimited 2G service thereafter. After the first year, the price goes up to $10 a month. Those who want uh, or need more high-speed data can access 3 gigs of LTE data for $20 a month, 5 gigs for 30 or 10 gigs for 50. The hotspot can provide Wi-Fi connections for up to 8 devices. Unreal Mobile runs on Sprint's network. It launched earlier this year and offers unlimited mobile service for $10 per month. In device news, Samsung Thursday announcing its flagship device for the late uh, late part of the year, the Galaxy Note 9. Uh, this is the an iteration on the design of the Note 8 uh, while introducing a new camera and stylus capabilities. It's a nearly all-glass device with curved panels on the front and back and a thin metal frame to support the chassis. Super AMOLED screen is now 6.4 inches at Quad HD Plus resolution. That's 2960 by 1440. The U.S. variant of the phone is powered by a Qualcomm Snapdragon an 845 processor running Android 8 Oreo, presumably soon to upgrade to Android 9. Samsung says it has boosted the performance of the 845's GPU with a new algorithm, a water carbon coolant, and a larger heat sink to ensure maximum power during high power demand. Uh, the power, the phone that is, will come with 6 gigs of RAM and 128 gigs of storage on the low end, and 8 gigs of RAM and 512 gigs of storage uh, with support for an additional 512 gigabytes via the micro SD card slot on the high end. The phone adopts the camera setup from the Galaxy S9 Plus. Uh, the main wide-angle sensor is 12 megapixels and includes a variable aperture uh, that can be switched between f1.5 and f2.4. The secondary telephoto lens has a 12 megapixel sensor at f2.4 and both include optical image stabilization. Samsung is introducing some artificial intelligence thanks to the Snapdragon 845, and the camera can recognize 20 different scenes and adjust the settings automatically for the best shot. That's similar to the Huawei P20 Pro and LG's V35S. It also has flaw detection and can manage things such as blinking, lens smudging, and image blur. The front camera has an 8-megapixel camera with autofocus and f1.7 for better low-light selfies. Samsung has also improved the S Pen. It now includes includes Bluetooth low energy and can act as a remote control for select applications such as the camera so you can take a picture or advance a slide on a PowerPoint in a presentation just by using the clicker on the end of the pen. The phone stores uh, a 4000 milliamp hour battery that Samsung says will last all day. It does support of course rapid charging and rapid wireless charging. The Note 9 will include Cat18 LTE with 4x4 MIMO, carrier aggregation and LAA for theoretical download speeds of up to 1.2 
1.2 gigabits per second. Other radios include dual-band Wi-Fi, Bluetooth 5, NFC, and GPS. It's uh, rated IP68 for protection against water. It includes a 3.5mm headphone jack and stereo speakers tuned by AKG. It's repositioned the fingerprint reader on the rear surface so it's easier to reach just below the camera lenses instead of next to them. It will be sold in blue with a yellow S Pen and Lavender with a purple S Pen. Pre-orders start August 10th and the device will go on sale August 24th. The 128 gig model costs $999. The 512-gig model, $1,249. Now, here in the U.S., the 128-gig capacity variant will be available in Blue and Lavender from AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, Verizon Wireless, U.S. Sailor, and Xfinity for that $1,000 price point. Samsung will sell an unlocked version of the phone on its website, and the device will also be available from Amazon, Best Buy, Costco, Sam's Club, Club, Straight Talk Wireless, Target, and Walmart. The 512-gig model will be available from AT&T, T-Mobile, U.S. Sailor, and Verizon. But not Sprint. It will cost $1,250 from each of them. People who pre-order the Note 9 from Samsung directly will also get a pair of free headphones. The noise-canceling Bluetooth headphones come from AKG with a retail value of $300. Samsung did not indicate how long the headphone offer, though, would be available. Now, as far as installment plans, each carrier has a different offer. AT&T will get $33.34 per month for 30 months for the $1,000 model. And for a limited time, customers who buy the Note 9 can get a second uh, for free when the phones are financed on that installment plan. Sprint customers can get the Note 9 for half off for a limited time, which puts monthly payments on Sprint Flex at $20.83. Customers who opt for the Galaxy Forever plan can upgrade their new phone every uh, after completing 12 monthly payments. Sprint's deal includes the AKG headphones and or Fortnite V-Bucks. Now for T-Mobile, the end carrier is asking customers to make a down payment of $280 for the 128 gig model and then $30 a month for 24 months. The 512 model will require a $530 down payment, followed by 24 months of $30 each. And for a limited time, T-Mobile is offering 50% off the price with a qualifying qualifying Samsung trade-in. The price will be reduced via the monthly payments. U.S. Sailor is offering $150 in bill credits for those who buy the Note 9 with a new line of service. And Verizon is asking $41.66 per month for 24 months for the 128-gig model, uh, or $52.08 per month for the 512-gig model. Now, for a limited time, customers who initiate a new line of service and buy one Note 9 can get a second one for free or uh, choose the Galaxy S9 or S9 Plus for free as well. Verizon's deal does include the AKG headphones and or Fortnite V-Bucks. Now, along with the new phone, Samsung announcing a new wireless charging accessory called the Galaxy Duo. This can charge two devices at the same time. It incorporates two separate charging pads, one upright and one laying down, so you can charge your Galaxy phone, such as a Note 9, and another device, uh, such as the Galaxy Watch. We'll talk about that in just a second. The Galaxy Duo comes in black and white. It goes on sale August 10th. No word, though, on pricing. Now, I just mentioned a new watch. So Samsung did announce the company's signature circular rotating bezel watch on a new handset. It used to be called the Galaxy Gear or the Samsung Gear. It's now called the Galaxy Watch. It will be in two sizes, 42 or 46 millimeters. It'll be sold sold in rose, gold, silver, or black. It is water resistant for swimming and rugged for protection from drops and other abuse. One variant will come with LTE for constant connectivity. And the company says that the new 
low power architecture of the processor helps the battery last much longer, up to several days on a single charge, which can be done wirelessly. Samsung is targeting health and fitness on the watch. New stress management tools can monitor heart rate and establish a baseline and offering offer a breathing guide. The watch is designed to make workouts easier and track 39 different exercises, six of which can start automatically. The watch also tracks sleep, and all three of these uh, modes work together to help monitor and manage health. Finally, of course, the watch uh, can tap into Bixby, uh, and uh, the watch comes in at $329 or $349 for the two sizes, which is uh, expensive compared to the old Gear Sport, which was under $250, and the Gear S3 Frontier, which is under $300. Uh, though those effectively have the same specs, but are now uh, relegated to kind of the uh, uh, you know the obsolete bin with the new Galaxy Watch now coming out. Lastly, from Samsung, uh, the company said devices will feature Spotify as the default music player moving forward thanks to a new partnership between the companies. Samsung Galaxy phone owners will be guided through the process of signing up for Spotify out of the box, and people will be able to access Spotify not only on their phones, but also Samsung tablets, smart TVs, and other products. The service supports seamless listening, transitioning between devices at home or the road or in the office. Samsung, though, didn't specify if Spotify would be preloaded on the brand new Note 9. Finally, in uh, device news, phone maker Red says its Hydrogen One phone will not be available this summer as planned. The company recently had to retool uh, a part of the phone that delayed the certification process. The device will now begin shipping October 9th for those who pre-ordered it with the aluminum model available first and titanium to follow thereafter. The device will also come to AT&T and Verizon on November 2nd, again with the aluminum arriving first, titanium coming in 2019. Hydrogen One has a 5.7-inch holographic display, meaning 3D without glasses. It can handle both traditional stereo 3D as well as Hydrogen's 4View, which is H4V. That phone will sell for $1,295. In software news, Google this week announcing the update of its Gmail mobile application for both Android and iOS to bring feature parity with the web version. Gmail users can disable the threaded conversation views of emails, and Google says users who've turned off conversation view on the web will automatically experience the same view on their mobile phone. Conversation view can be toggled uh, manually via the settings menu. The Gmail mobile app is free to download from the Google Play Store and iTunes App Store. Why haven't why hasn't every uh, app done that uh, in, uh, yet? Because turning off conversation view is the first thing I always do every time I get an email client because it just it, it's so distracting to me to see those. Uh, threaded conversations in email. I don't know why it is, but then it's like you have to constantly turn it off. Uh, whenever you install something new, it never remembers those settings or or transmits them across your different devices. It is one of the reasons I have not used the Gmail mobile app. I use Outlook, and the number one, it, the, the Outlook app does push email for out, for Gmail as well, which is nice. But it does that non conversation view, and um, I've had it uh, turned off for a while in the Gmail uh, for the web version as well. So. Uh, I don't have to deal with uh, everything all lumped together. I know some people appreciate it, and that's how they like to manage things. It's just it's it's not my cup of tea. But uh, either way, it is nice to see that this version, or this feature, uh, is coming to the web version of the uh, applications for both Android and iOS. Well, YouTube has begun to recognize what it calls signature devices. So these are phones that deliver the best in-class experience for YouTube content. 
YouTube says these phones have the latest technology and provide optimal viewing. To qualify as a signature device, the phone must include features such as high dynamic range, 4K, 360 video, reliable DRM performance, and a high frame rate. YouTube says it has worked with select manufacturers to verify a handful of signature devices. Those include the Samsung Galaxy Note 9, as well as the S8, S8 Plus, Note 8, S9, and S9 Plus. For LG, it's the V30 G7 Thin Q, uh, and Sony's got the Xperia XZ2 Premium, XZ2, and XZ2 Compact, uh, Huawei Mate 10 Pro, the Xiaomi Mi Mix 2S, and the Mi 8, and the HMD Global Nokia 8 Socorro, uh, Sirocco, uh, and the OnePlus 6, as well as the Google Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL are the devices that are part of this program right now. You don't have to do anything as an owner to take advantage of the better experience, and YouTube will add devices to the list over time. Finally today, questions and comments. Uh, we've just got one, and it comes from Joseph. And Joseph says, I can't pinpoint when it started, but for the last month, uh, I've been getting multiple incoming fax calls to my cell phone number every day. I'm getting at least 10 calls a day, and I know they're faxes because when I answer them, uh, I can get the fax I get the fax tone in my ear. Um, I'm a T-Mobile user. I've called them. They say the only solution is to change my number. I've had my mobile number now for 18 years, and I'm not about to change my number now. Uh, it's a pain uh, to not mentioning that if I get into trouble, uh, I get into trouble if one of my several online accounts that use my T-Mobile number to verify who I am, if I don't change that. Uh, any idea how I can fix this misdirected fax calling? Thanks. Joseph. Well, uh, first up, Joseph, um, this is an issue um, that I have had in the past. It is incredibly annoying. Um, it is almost as bad as spam phone calls. But frankly, I think this is exactly what you're experiencing. It's spam faxes um, versus a spam call. Um, or Basically, we'll just call it a robocall from a fax line. So, And they are, if you haven't realized it, they are as bad as they have ever been. Complaints about automated calls have jumped steeply over the last year and get this quintupled since 2009. In the fiscal year 2017, um, there have been over 375,000 complaints per month going into the FCC about automated robocalls. That's up from only 63,000 in 2009. So for the year, it's 4.5 million robocall complaints. So these are people that are complaining about these or complaints that are coming in. Uh, and that's just about robocalls. There's an additional two and a half million complaints about live telemarketing calls. Uh, so again, that's up dramatically over the years. And they're increasing because of the cheap access to internet services and auto dialing and because it's getting easier for spammers to hide their identity and where they're calling from. Uh, there's also reports, and I'm sure you've seen this, of these neighborhood number spoofing things where you get calls that come in from your local area code. So uh, it's incredibly infuriating. And especially I'm someone who's got an out of state area code and I'm 3000 miles away from where my area code is. So I frankly know that I'm not getting all these calls from local people that are trying to get in touch with me because I don't talk to anybody from that area code anymore. But anyway, in, in a 2017, you know, this is the most popular topic, um, you know, by far, you know, to the agency. And uh, it's the, the complaints are really focused on the main one is debt reduction. That's where most of the calls are, are coming in. Um, you know, people also reported spams about cruises, vacations, timeshares, warranties, other protection plans, prescription medications, and of course, just kind of general imposter calls. Uh, and uh, it, it's all sorts of different things that these calls can come in from. Yeah, I really miss answering the phone and hearing the foghorn from that one uh, cruise ship one. Uh, that, that, that happened for years and years. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not great uh, at all to have these uh, robocalls. And you're right about the local numbers. I get those constantly. They're you know, the same, same prefix as my cell phone number. And 
I don't really uh, answer them at all. In, in fact, I don't really answer the phone at all anymore for any number I don't recognize just because the uh, robocalls are so intense that it's uh, rarely somebody I want to talk to. And I, I guess, unfortunately, it's basically just call screening now. It's like uh, you have to just leave a message if you're trying to get a hold of me and I will have to call you back. Well, I was going to say, so so what do you do? And of course, that is the, you know, kind of the on one end of it, you can do that. And th- there's really three steps you can take. So let, let's talk about what there is. So first up, uh, there's a number of services that you can try. You can try using a call blocking application. Um, there's a, a couple of really popular free ones out there. There's one called Hiya, H-I-Y-A, and also another one called True Caller. Uh, there's also a couple of really good paid ones out there, uh, Nomo Robo and also Robo Killer. Um, it is notable that Nomo Robo did win the FTC's Robo Call Blocking Challenge, uh, but they pretty much all work the same. You install the app on your phone, you give it access to uh, your phone. Uh, so basically, you go into the, the the privacy settings and you give it access to your phone. And then it, in the background, keeps a constant list of known spammers and then will either not let that number through to you or advise you uh, when there's a call that comes in as a known spammer. Uh, so um, it's worth noting that, again, there are a couple of free options and uh, it doesn't hurt to try it out if you, you know, this could potentially be of, uh, you know, support for, for what it is that you're trying to do. Um, the, the other nuclear option is to just turn on do not disturb, uh, on your phone and, uh, just have only contacts, uh, come through. So unless that person has, uh, your, their number has been saved in your phone, the phone call wouldn't come through. The problem of course, with that is you don't get text messages, you don't get notifications and, uh, you don't get any other sort of, uh, you know, interruptions other than phone calls that would come through. So you've got to make sure uh, that you're comfortable with that if you wanted to do that. But there are some other things you can do as well. Ensure your number is on the national do not call registry here in the U.S. Of course, that assumes that uh, the calls are coming in legitimately and legally, um, and it would help mitigate those issues. But of course, if they're generating, uh, you know, originating that is from outside the U.S., you're not going to have any sort of uh, coverage against that. Also, uh, see if your carrier can help you. Both AT&T and T-Mobile do offer free services as part of their plans. Um, it is not overly effective. Uh, you know, I mean, it will, I'm sure, block, um, you know, the kind of the known numbers, but um, it, it's uh, they, they've got to get that that information from, uh, you know, sources. And ultimately, it's um, it's only as good as the latest, uh, you know, blacklist that they have, so to speak. Um, if you're I know you're a, uh, just a T-Mobile customer, but if you're Sprint or Verizon, they offer similar services, but they do charge for them. Um, and uh, finally, if you do happen to answer the phone, uh, you know, don't talk, don't press any buttons. Uh, don't let them know there's another human on the other end of the line. Just just hang up the phone. That That's kind of the, the, the advice that anyone will give you if you get these calls. So a friend of mine uses the AT&T service, and it actually seems to work pretty good. It blocks tons and tons and tons and tons of calls for him. So it, it actually does really work pretty well. So going back to Joseph's uh, issue with the fax machines, unfortunately, he's probably ended up on a list, his number, uh, that says it's a fax. And it may eventually clear itself out, but it may take some time because once it's not qualified as a fax machine because it never actually answers and receives a fax, which of course is is verified through fax machines because they communicate back saying, yes, I received the page. It may fall off that list uh, eventually. So try to hold out here for a bit and it may actually stop these the, the fax calls. So that's about the only thing you can really do uh, is just wait it out. Yeah, the... the uh the, the last time I had this happen, it was before Do Not Disturb was a feature. It was also before call blocking uh, was a thing. 
and uh, at least natively. But that was the other thing I was going to tell you was you could you could start to if you get it from similar numbers all the time, you can uh, you can start to block those. Anytime I get a uh, in, in a call that I don't know, um, you know, my voicemail is handled through Google Voice, so I'll block the number on my phone, and I will also go into Google Voice and mark it as spam, which then uh, hopefully updates the database. Uh, appropriately and doesn't let that call come through in the future. But yeah, I, I tell you, Joseph, it's, um, you know, this is a, a, a really, really difficult thing uh, because it's uh, the, from the carrier standpoint, there's, there's not a lot you can do unless you're using a service that's maintaining a database. And then that database is constantly being updated and then cross-referencing the phone calls that are coming in against the database. So that that's as good as we are at at this point. And until there's a, uh, you know, something that's being done, I'll say nationally, uh, it's going to be really difficult uh, for this to for this thing to work itself out. But hopefully that's given you some ideas and uh, you can make some decisions uh, on your side as far as what you want to do and hopefully mitigate some of this issue moving forward. Well, if you have any questions or comments for us, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call 650-999-0524 or send us an email to questions at the cell phone junkie Dot com and we'll get whatever you have to say on a future show. Joey, thank you very much, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.